Hi, welcome to the Spiritually Minded Mom podcast, where every mom can find hope, joy, and God's hand in motherhood. You'll hear interviews with all kinds of moms who are learning how to navigate motherhood. Most of all, you'll learn that you have a partner in motherhood, a loving Heavenly Father who wants you to succeed and is always there to help you in your most important work as a mother. And now, here's your host, my mom, Dara Trendler. Welcome to episode 29 of the Spiritually Minded Mom podcast. I am so glad that you're here today. And I just wanted to remind you about the opportunity that you have to share your insights about spirituality and motherhood in an upcoming podcast episode in November. So if you didn't hear last week's episode where I announced this or you haven't been on my Instagram account, let me just tell you briefly what I'm doing. Basically, I have set up a Google Voice account And it's a number that you can call and leave a message answering a question. And I'm going to have a different question every month. And then I'm going to take those answers and compile them into an episode each month. And so the question that you can answer for this month is, how have you seen and felt God as your partner in motherhood? And that's a question that I ask every guest. And I would just love to hear from more moms about how you would answer that question. I would love to hear from you. So if you would like to participate, you can just call the number and it's, here's the number, you ready? 480-525-7145. And then you just leave a message, start with your name and tell me where you're from, and then answer the question, which is, once again, how have you seen and felt God as your partner in motherhood? And feel free to be really specific if you want to, share a story or an experience that illustrates this in your life. Um, Just keep your answer to about three minutes so that I can share as many answers as possible. And then you can submit your answer by Sunday, October 29th. And then I will compile all of those and put them into an episode that will air in November. So that's it. I just really would love to hear from more moms and have more moms be able to share and build a community that way. So that's why I'm doing this. So if you'd like to participate, that's what you can do. You can find more information about it in the show notes on spirituallymindedmom.com. Or on Instagram, um, I have a safe story telling about why I'm doing this and what I hope to be able to accomplish. So feel free to share your voice and your your answer to that question. And now let's get on with today's podcast guest I want to tell you about. She's actually been on the podcast before. My interview today is with Kay West, and she was on the podcast in episode seven. She talked about in episode seven about her motherhood journey. She's dealt with a lot of things like infertility and a failed adoption, miscarriage, um, ended up adopting the two children that she does have who are now teenagers. And in that episode, we talked about all those struggles, and she's just full of faith and is amazing. And we've actually become really good friends since that time, and I just love Kay. So I invited her to come back on to talk a little bit more about her story and raising a daughter with special needs. So her daughter Eden is 14 and has a lot of special needs, which you'll hear about in in the episode. And she shares how she has dealt with those special needs and how she's been able to see Eden for who she really is, that she has this imperfect body, but she has a perfect spirit. And then her and her husband have decided to help their kids share kindness. And they've started a great little shop to be able to do that. And it's so amazing. And so I wanted to have her come back on and tell you all about it so that you can help share the kindness as well. And so you'll hear that at the end where she'll talk about that. So here is my interview with Kay West. Welcome to the Spiritually Minded Mom podcast. 
This is Darla, and I am excited to have you here today. And I have a guest today on the podcast who's been here before, Kay West. She was in episode seven, and I'm excited to have her back to talk about some other things that she has dealt with in motherhood. So welcome to the podcast, Kay. Thank you so much for having me back, Darla. I'm excited. (laughs) So will you just start off and introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about your family. Sure. So we are all Canadian. (laughs) And my husband and I have been married for 20 years. So it seems like a long time. (laughs) And we have two children that we adopted from birth. We went through um, infertility and we adopted both of them at birth. They're one year apart. Um, I had a miscarriage, a failed adoption, and our daughter is special needs. And I homeschool her currently. And we love just everything, spending time together. We just love going hiking and being outdoors and just just being together. And I think now that my kids are teenagers, it's different because now we're doing fun things with teenagers, and it's 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 kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> I You know my mantra, I love teenagers, so. (laughs) Well, in episode seven, when I last interviewed you, we talked a lot about the challenges that you faced with infertility and miscarriage and adoption. And definitely, if you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to it. Kay has amazing faith and has been through a lot. But what I wanted to do today was dive a little deeper into the struggles and the triumphs that you have faced raising a child with special needs, and that would be your daughter, Eden. So will you tell us a little bit about Eden and her story? Sure. So um, Isaac was a year old and we had just started the paperwork and somebody called us and said, you know, there's a baby. And all the doctors warned us, oh, everybody warned us that there would be trouble <laughs> and that expect to stay to the, at the hospital for a couple of weeks when you pick her up, expect her to not really be healthy. And we just felt like it was the right thing and that she was part of our family. And so we went ahead with the adoption and when we went to pick her up, we expected to stay for two weeks and we took her home 36 hours old, straight from the hospital. She was healthy and a fighter and stubborn and, and it serves her well in life. So what were the, why were the doctors telling you like this might be a struggle? She might have health problems. What was behind all of that? So the birth mother made some choices that weren't very good um, for Eden's health. So um, she definitely has some brain damage, about half of her brain. She she doesn't have a short-term memory, really. If you can get it into her long-term memory, she's fine. But some things, you'll see it in her schooling. If she learns, it'll be gone within a week. And so she has, um, the term I don't like is cocaine baby. She's a cocaine baby, um, fetal alcohol syndrome. Um, she also has autism and she has <laughs> steep cornea. So she'll, she'll probably need, um, double cornea transplants. She has asthma. She's allergic to everything, everything in nature and all animals, but she loves animals in nature. So we deal with it. <laughs> so yeah, so that's kind of her, her story. So, so she's facing all of these physical challenges, but how, as she's grown up, how old is she now? 14? She's 14. Yeah. Okay. So how have you seen her spirit shine through, through, through all of that? Okay. Actually, this is interesting. Um, when she was two, we were doing, um, respite care for foster babies and Isaac. So Isaac was three and it was really hard because I had a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and then two newborns that I was taking care of. And Brad had come home from work, and it was a really hard day. And I said, Brad, I need a blessing. 
I can't, <laughs> this yeah. is hard. Eden, Eden is challenging. She was very, she's still, she's less challenging, but she was very challenging. And he gave me a blessing and it said, and I still remember it. It said that her physical body and her mind are damaged, but that the spirit within her was perfect. Sorry. <laughs> and, uh, I never forgot that. And I always remember that. And she is so loving and nurturing. Like, so even though she has that, she is the best babysitter you could ever get. She loves children and she loves animals and she's so um, creative. And I think those are all the things that Heavenly Father has said that women are, are nurturers and creative and that's what she is. And that's totally her spirit. Oh, I think, I think that's such a blessing that you were able to see that so early on to see that she may have some damage in her physical body, but her spirit is perfect. Yeah. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And what a great blessing that you were able to see that. What, what are some of the other blessings that your family has received from having Eden? (laughs) Well, I think, um, one of the biggest things I see is that Heavenly Father definitely knows what children you need to have. Um, and he sends you the children that you're supposed to mother because Isaac is, wow, probably the most patient kid we have, we know. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that just cause I'm his mom, but he is truly, um, has the kind heart. And so I'm reminded all the time. He reminded me when, again, when he was probably about three or four and I was upset cause he even had done something. And he said, you know, mom, she doesn't understand the way we do. And I thought, oh my goodness. Here's my, you know, four-year-old t- teaching me lessons about how to be a more patient mother. But, but I've definitely seen that um, we've we've been able to do things as a family. Maybe that that I don't know that I wouldn't have otherwise thought of. And we've been able to experience things that you know we wouldn't have. And I think I think that's what I see most. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's it it sounds like Isaac. It's had a big effect on Isaac. And, and you said that he's been a more patient child. What other effects have you seen for Isaac in in caring for his little sister? (laughs) He always, even now, like he will, there will be times when, okay, so just recently, remember, they're like 14 and 15 years old. Their door, their bedroom doors were closed, but I heard them both talking and they're both in their rooms. And I opened Eden's door and she was talking through her vent to Isaac, <laughs> who was talking through his vent to her. And, you know, they've done it a few times growing up, but he does that. He reads to her like he'll he'll lay in bed with her and read, read to her. And he always did that growing up, too. And and he just yeah, he's he plays Lego with her. He she's really big into Pokemon right now which, you know, he was when he was six Mm -hmm. (laughs) or seven or something. And he, he just is, takes such an interest and he doesn't just walk over when she calls, he like runs over and is like, Oh, that's really interesting. Oh, that's awesome. You know? So yeah, he's just, he's just the most loving, loving child. (laughs) So yeah. Oh, those are things that will serve him for the rest of his life. And I'm sure that he will use those, those gifts and the, the things that he's learned from Eden forever. That that's yeah. really great. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about with Eden is that, and this breaks my heart to talk about this because I see what you post about her on social media and she, and what you've already shared 
today. She just has a perfect spirit and she's loving and nurturing, but she, she has faced some really hard challenges at school with being bullied. So can you tell us a little bit about that? You know, how did you find out about the bullying? Um, what were the effects of it on Eden and what did you do? Yeah. Um, so, you know, when kids are little, it's, it's harder to tell the challenges that Eden was going to have. And every year that passed, you know, about sixth grade, you notice more differences and kids notice the differences Mm -hmm. more. And, um, and middle school is such a hard, hard time for kids. It's the most challenging. I think I feel bad for it. Like everybody has to go through it, but boy, it's a hard time. Mm -hmm. And she started seventh grade. And we thought she was in what we call a cluster, but she wasn't. And um, within a few weeks of school, she was really angry. And she's usually quiet out in public, and she she won't um, interact much with people. She doesn't know in public, but at home, she's just a happy, regular kid. And she was getting more withdrawn, um, regressing in school. And every time there's a regression, I know that there's something bugging her and she didn't communicate feelings really well. She had a hard time, um, expressing herself that way. She still does. She, that's one area that she really can't, um, express very well. Even when she's happy, she just makes noises, you know, happy noises. And, um, but she became really angry and cranky and like wouldn't smile at home. And she loves to draw. She's, she's such an artist. She's always drawing something. And she used to draw these. She still does. She draws these cute little happy animals and they're always smiling or holding hands or they have hearts around them. But all of these animals were crying and there were no more hearts. There is no more holding hands. Sorry. And, uh, there was a note on the back of one of these and it was um, that she wanted people to stop being mean to her. It was spelled incorrectly, but, but that's what it was. And we found out that there was a group of, of boys, like five or six boys that singled her out because she, she didn't have any friends. She had one, but they were in the regular classes and, or she had a couple. They were in the regular classes, though. So she was alone, really, during her whole class time. And... Um, they would lock her in classrooms and kick her backpack and swear at her and um, stop her from catching the bus and just all these things that we learned about. And we taught, I, oh, I sent 12 emails within a, like a couple of weeks to the teacher. I called the school three times. I said, we need to take care of this. No one, no one answered me. So finally I took my husband and we went down there. And I said, I need to meet with you. The vice principal, like he didn't care. He had no, no input. He, he literally showed he didn't care. And the special needs um, teacher, she, she said, oh, I had no idea. And I'm like, okay. But so I brought all the printouts and I said, well, I sent all of these emails, you know, (laughs) to you and to the vice principal. And, and she said, oh, if I had known. And I thought, well, you did know. And so we, we pulled her out. And pretty much the same thing happened. So we pulled her and I homeschooled her, but it was hard. It was, um, through her, through her pictures. And once we figured out what was happening, we asked her a little bit about her, about it. And we could, she could kind of explain what was happening and, um, through other kids and the teacher. 
we pieced it all together and yeah, it wasn't a good situation. I'm, I'm shocked that administration would not have been more supportive of you. Yeah. That must, that must've been very difficult. So was it hard to make that decision to pull her out or were you just like, yeah, this is the best thing for her. Was it an easy decision? Yeah, it was pretty easy. It was pretty instant. Actually, it was pretty much that day, you know, no, sorry. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) Right, right. I I just, that must have been so heartbreaking for you. So, so what would you tell another mom who's facing that of finds out that their child is being bullied? You know, what would you, what advice would you give to them? I think that mothers know in their hearts, their child. And I think it's really easy, especially nowadays for parents to say, okay, um, if my child does wrong, let me know and I'll take care of it. Because, you know, we want our children to be good and respectful. Like if Isaac ever does anything wrong, I want to know about it and we can talk to him about it and correct it. But I think when something like this happens, you know, you know, in your heart, if your child, if there's a change in their behavior or a change in anything, their, their diet or their just, just really anything. If you, if there's a change and they say something isn't going well, then you gotta, you gotta validate them first and you gotta make sure that they know that you're safe to come to because they're not going to feel safe. I think that's the first thing. And I think also a lot of prayer, yeah, <laughs> a lot of prayer, a lot of discussion with your husband and, and just try and reach out to the school. I know not all schools there are some schools that have great administration for this, but try and reach out to the school first, try and get help where you can. Yeah. And then, and just, just let your child know that you're safe, that you, they can come to you for anything. Yeah. I think, I think you can't discount. We, you know, I, we hear it called mother's intuition or you just your gut instinct. Don't discount that. If you think something's wrong, for sure, you know, yes. get to the bottom of it. And, and I love that you say, let your child feel like they have a safe place to come because, you know, yeah. if you're not a safe place, where, where is a safe place for them? Exactly. You know, Absolutely. and I'm, I'm sure that was a really difficult decision. Um, and there's probably been other, other times when you, you know, had to do what was best for Eden and it, and it wasn't easy. Um, so what specific, what specific things do you and your husband do together to make those, those really hard decisions and, and to know what's best for Eden and even Isaac? No, oh. <laughs> I think that kids are so different, right? Right. They all come, you raise them the same, but they're so different. And um, I think that, I think the first thing is, is understanding that they are individual. And so what we do for Eden necessarily won't necessarily be what we do for Isaac. And um, I know that growing up, if Eden had a meltdown, we would usually, if we were out somewhere, we would leave, but that's not fair to Isaac. He's, he's, behaving well he should get to stay he should you know and I think that now as they're older I think um that for sure they we need to understand their individuality and cater to that need and we really we really do pray and talk to them and discuss I think the whole um idea that the church has of counseling, counseling as a family, counseling as parents, counseling one-on-one with a child every night, every night. We've done this since the kids were little. We go into their room and just speak, just 
just us to them. It's a safe space. They can open up. They can share. We ask them what made them happy that day, what made them sad or uncomfortable or embarrassing or awkward or just any any kind of difficult feelings that they might have had that day. And then something that they learned, whether spiritually or at school or just in life, a life lesson that they learned that day. So yeah, so that's kind of the stuff we've done. And I think that open communication for all these years has helped to know what to do when stuff like this happens. Yeah. yeah. It, and even if your child isn't special needs, you, they're all different. It, I mean, you, you probably have a, a starker contrast between Eden and Isaac and their needs because of that. But any family is going to face that. And, and it really does take prayer, I think, for me it does, to know what does this child need and and how do they need it. And bedtime is a really good time to figure those things out. And I found having teenagers, like, I find myself saying, oh, yeah, good night, guys, I'm going to bed because they stay up later than me. But it is such an important time. I think they really do open up at that time. And so I have tried recently to make a more of an effort to go into their room and say, how are you doing? You know, what's going on? And and it does seem to be a time that they open up. Yes. And I've also noticed that, I mean, Isaac being a teenage boy, you know, maybe there's some things he doesn't want to talk to me about. And so I, I've been more sensitive to that lately. And I'll say, Brad, you go, you go talk to him, you know, positive and happy as he is. He's still a teenage boy and needs, feels more comfortable (laughs) talking to his dad than me. So I, I understand and I don't get offended. (laughs) Yeah. I know I've got two of those. And as they grow up, you know, you just have to adjust and what, what they needed when they were seven or eight is not the same one that they need when they're 15 or 16. So yeah, it's just, yeah. A, it's a, not only just adjusting to how each child is different, but as they grow, they have different needs and, and being in tune with that and knowing, well, a good thing that has come out of the challenges that Eden has faced is that your kids have started an online shop. And I, w- I want to talk about this because this, this is so yeah. amazing. So the shop is called quietly being kind. And yep. your kids are selling postcards with Eden's art. And you mentioned that she loves to draw. And it's really amazing. So so what prompted you to help them start the shop? And then what is the mission behind the postcards? Okay. So again, Brad and I have been thinking and praying about Eden's future. And we want her to, I don't know that she'll ever not live with us or that we mm-hmm. won't be her caretakers in some way. And so we want her to give back. And um, I think for for children like her, sometimes it's hard to um, look outside their own world that they've created for themselves and reach beyond it. And so this is a way for Eden to give back and understand that there's more kids out there than just her that have different needs and that all all children have have something that they could use help with. And... um, Hopefully it's a way for her to um, kind of find joy in working and serving others. And and um, Isaac and her just, so we put her pictures on postcards <laughs> and with different kindness quotes. And the whole thing behind it is um, they want to donate every month a portion of the proceeds to a different kindness organization or um, foundation or something that specializes in, in different special needs or different illnesses. Um, so every month they're going to give a portion of the proceeds to that. Um, they also want to highlight children that have special needs, and it could be not just special needs, but maybe some 
um, diseases or health challenges even, and bring awareness to it. And not awareness as in this child has this, but more more like Eden um, is she is creative and nurturing and loves animals and nature. And she also happens to have this. And so we'll highlight children like um, they love hockey and and Captain America, but they also happen to have this. And the best way to become their friend is do this. Or if you see them struggling, try this, you know, so it's more that awareness. So, yeah. Oh, I think that's great to build awareness and to help give someone a way to, to do that. So if, if I want to go on their shop, what will I see? And, and, you know, what can I do like with, to help my kids have build this awareness? What can I do if I go to your shop? Okay. So you just go to our shop and it's quietlybeingkind.com. <laughs> and there's a place where you can, well, there's a few places you can purchase Eden's art postcards. We also just have simple postcards. If, if um, somebody just wants a quick hello, um, and then we have the kindness behind the postcards, which is kind of the story behind why this all happened and, and Isaac and Eden's story. Um, but you just purchase a pack of postcards and um, we want you to share them with friends and family and send kindness and um, also share your stories with us. So contact us through email or direct message and um, on Instagram and just let us know your story. Maybe we can share your story and just help bring everyone, everyone together in a big community of kindness, basically. I love that. So what, what if, what have been the effects that you've seen so far? I know you guys just started, but how has it helped Eden and Isaac running the shop? Uh, it's been good. It's been good. Eden told him, I'll pay you $2 an hour. <laughs> <laughs> She's the boss. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And really, you know, it's postcards. They're not making much, but <laughs> I think uh, the biggest thing is to, to see Eden, um, seeing these children that have needs and her saying, oh, you know, and kind of following up. So we have some people lined up that we're going to start highlighting. And she's kind of every couple of weeks, she kind of says, oh, what happened to that, that person, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that has been awesome. And also the different people that are wanting to get involved. I think that's been, that's been wonderful because, you know, they're just a couple of kids, <laughs> but, um, just to, just this, and just people that just want to spread the kindness and just, yeah. just to be there, just to support the whole being kind to everyone. So, yeah. I love that. That is a great mission. And, and you're providing a great way for anyone to be able to do that with their kids. So go and order those postcards and then send them out. It's great. So I'll link up all of that information in the show notes. So people, you can go to spirituallymindedmom.com and see how to, how to find the quietly being kind shop and how you can get involved with that. I think, I think it's great. And you're a great mom for helping your kids, you know, have something that they can take ownership in and that they can spread kindness and, you're helping all of us be able to do that too. So thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. One final question that I always like to ask, and you've been a guest before, so you know what's coming, but how have you seen and felt God as your partner in motherhood? Okay. I love this question. And looking back, it's really easy to see his hand in my life. And I think it's really easy for anybody who looks back to see his hand. But as you're going through trials and things, it's harder. And right now I can answer. Thanks to that first time Brad told me to turn to him. I can answer that he didn't send us here to fail. And I've seen this as 
we've been trying to figure out what is best for Eden and her future and what she can learn right now that will help her in her future. And as I've seen, I've seen his hand as I've tried to raise this teenage son of mine in this world that is not easy for teenagers. Even myself, as I'm starting like new endeavors and on a different journey right now and a different season of my life, I've seen his hand guiding me every step of the way. And I think it's because, well, I know it's because God didn't send us here to fail. We're all his children and he wants us to to succeed. And I think the key is as long as we keep turning to him, he will keep providing the path for us to follow. As long as we trust in him and have that faith to follow his path, I think that we will always be able to see his hand. I love that. That's beautiful. It really is just about turning to him and taking those steps towards him. And then he shows us the way. And your story illustrates that beautifully. Thank you so much. Thank you, Darla. Thanks for sharing more about Eden and, and about how we can spread kindness and help our kids do that. Thank you so much. I know you have a million things to do, and I'm grateful you took the time to listen to today's podcast. I hope the episode helped you to know God is your partner in motherhood. For show notes, head over to spirituallymindedmom.com. For more motherhood inspiration, follow along on Instagram, at spirituallymindedmom. And if you enjoyed the podcast, share it with a friend. I would love it if you would leave a review and rate it on iTunes. This helps more moms to find hope, joy, and God's hand in motherhood. Have an amazing day, and remember, you are doing God's work, and you are doing it wonderfully well.